and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Alison Hill, State Chief Investment Officer at QIC, and each week we invite our listeners to take 10 and to get an update on all things economics, markets, and other topics of interest to institutional investors. Each podcast, I'm joined by QIC's Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. Hello, Matthew. Hi, Alison. How's it down there in Melbourne? It's hot. <laughs> I seem to have the heat following me, but it's good. Thank you. But Economic data, it continues to come and some interesting data again this week. And I thought particularly interesting was the US inflation data. Be keen to get your take on that one. Do you think, what do you think of the data? And do you think it changes the Fed's action or reactions? Well, just on the data, start with that first, Alison. The, um, you know, inflation in the US is still elevated. It's lower than here in Australia, but it's still 6.4%, which is what the annual number came out at. It's still pretty high, but it is gradually declining. Uh, it's down from 6.5% in December. So that trend decline in, in inflation still there. That at an annual rate was a little bit higher than what market expectations were. But this annual number was buffeted a bit uh, by changes in methodology uh, that the uh, uh, were brought to bear on the uh, calculation of uh, US inflation this time around. That tended to raise more generally the annual rate of inflation. But most market participants and forecasters, when they're trying to judge the trend and the and the momentum in inflation, Alison, really look at the monthly gauge or the monthly growth rate, I should say. And that at 0.5%, while elevated, was pretty much in line with market expectations. Now, if we strip out the food and energy prices, which remain inflation in those two categories, remain high, but gradually coming down. Uh, core inflation also ticked down. Uh, it's a bit lower, running a bit lower than um, than headline. It ticked down from 57 to 5.6%. Now, having said all of that, what does it do for the Fed? Well, uh, I think the data certainly reinforces the Fed's next move, at which will be at their March meeting, and that'll be an increase of 25 basis points. And that will be followed by another meeting, another 25 basis point hike in, in their May meeting. And at that point, uh, Alison, I think they'll stop. That'll be their terminal rate. That will bring their terminal rate actually to 5.125%. So uh, that's my take on uh, the inflation data. Uh, I think the, the Fed got away with a number that is in line with their uh, their guidance. Alison, what, what were you seeing in markets? How did the markets react? Yeah, a little bit of concern on the back of the inflation data because, as you said, it was a bit a bit stickier than perhaps people were hoping for, um, and perhaps that headline number did show a bit of up, upside surprise to some degree. Notwithstanding, as you say, once you look through it, perhaps wasn't so bad. So, the equity markets were pretty sanguine; there wasn't really too much movement, but there was a little bit of uh, concern in the bond markets, and we did see uh, markets move to really more fully price in that uh, your view, Matthew, that there's going to be an additional two rate hikes from here. Um, so a little bit of movement there, but uh, but nothing nothing too much. Um, we also got a little bit of movement on the back of the um, the stronger retail data. That was really quite a strong result, really showing a resilient consumer. You know, and again, uh, the the generally the consumer, the economy is showing a great degree of resilience, which really actually gives the the Fed the ability to continue with these rate moves. Matt, just con- interested though, it does appear to me for market pricing, and, and look, you know, it does change rapidly. But you know, the perhaps that the market is taking it up to the Fed a little bit. They are while they're pricing in these two rate hikes now, but in the back end of 2023, it looks like they're still looking for cuts. And that, to me, seems quite inconsistent with what, you know, perhaps the Fed might be hoping for and certainly what it's talking about. Is that sort of a, a question mark about Fed credibility, do you think? Oh, well, actually, yeah, listen, I'd, I'd question 
the the read that the market pricing's um, factoring cuts at the back end of 2023. I, I, my read of it is that it's it's pretty much it's fully priced in the two rate hikes for this year, taking the rate to somewhere around about uh, 5.125. Now it's a bit higher market price, is a little bit higher than that at, at uh, 5.2, but that's not a you know a full pricing of a third rate hike in. And certainly the um, the Fed funds rate futures comes down to a, you know about 5.1 at the back end of uh, 2023. Again, I don't I wouldn't read that as a as a uh, a rate cut from the uh, you know from their high point yet. I, my read of the market is that there is you know a rate the market is pricing in rate cuts, but not until 2024. Uh, sometime in March or early June is when the a rate cut is fully priced. And so I, I suppose my read on the market price is a bit more that they they're expecting the Fed to stay, you know, certainly above five percent until the end of this year. So I think current market price is pretty much in line with well, certainly with our view and on where the Fed is heading. I think the Fed will stay the course over this year, meaning it won't cut, and it'll do that until it's really assured that inflation's coming back under 3%. To your point about credibility, the reason they're going to um, wait until the headline inflation and indeed core inflation are solidly under 3%, meaning a few core, a few months of data where that annual rate's under 3%, is to win back that hard one credibility which they lost last year and are fighting to regain this year. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be an interesting ride either way. You're listening to Alison Hill and QSC's Take 10 podcast where I'm discussing markets and economics with Dr. Matthew Peter. Matt, I was keen to chat to you about the employment report. The fall in employment took forecasters surprise surprise. We've seen the unemployment rate also tick up. I think the data showed 3.5 to 3.7%. percent be good to get your take on that. Are we finally seeing the interest rates having the impact that the, uh, that the banks are looking to, uh, to execute? Not that we want to see higher unemployment, but we do need to see a slowing in the labour market to really sort of you know, implement that policy. Are we getting there? Well, Alison, it turns out that the data isn't as bad, actually, as the headline numbers would appear. What What's happened over since COVID, Alison, is that January in particular has proven to be quite a difficult month to forecast. And the reason for that is since COVID, the pattern of what of way people are taking holidays over the holiday period, which January obviously is the peak of that holiday period, has been affected by COVID. And, and what we saw this time around, this January, is uh, there was more time being taken as as holidays than by people than what's usual or what's normal um, as uh, people are unwinding their pent-up leave. And hence, the number of people replying to the ABS survey when they're asked, uh, were you working? Uh, there were more people than usual saying, no, we weren't working. And then there's another question. They say, why weren't you working? They say, because we're on we're on holidays. So it's really just people taking taking holidays. And that explains um, quite a bit of the, uh, the, the, the uh, rise or the fall, I should say, in the unemployment rate. Also, um, the number of people, it turns out, in the in January who were between jobs but were really waiting to start a new job. In other words, they had a new job to go. They're just waiting to start. So they're technically they're unemployed while they're waiting. That number also shot up. And that, in fact, explained almost half of the uh, job losses. So 
given all of that, I, I, what I think we'll see is a bounce back in employment over the coming months, and the unemployment rate will probably come down a smidge. But generally speaking, the, the trend in um, employment is for that stellar growth to slow, for the unemployment rate to gradually tick up. And that's not a bad thing, Alice. And we, we, we can't be running uh, a labour market as hot as what it's been running. We do expect to see the unemployment rate tick up back up towards 4%. And that will start to mean that the the rise in wage growth that we're likely to see over the year towards the back end of the year will gradually start to fall. Um, and that will uh, take some pressure off um, underlying inflation in particular towards the back end of the year. So, Alison, to our usual finish to the take 10, how are markets absorbing all of this recent data? Anything that uh, is causing you to shift your views? Well, not too much. It's been, on average, a relatively quiet week in markets, which is which is not a bad thing. We've had a lot of volatility of late. So, but as you say, the data has been just remarkably resilient. We have, you know, once you have a look through the numbers, we're getting good wage data, good employment data, good, you know, good resilience in the economy, um, and that's really also being shown through at the company level, where you know margins seem to be holding in reasonably well on average, and earnings seem to be holding up as well, again on average. So. You know, with that, the markets are pretty comfortable. So a little bit of movement as people are still grappling with the inflation story in the bond market, but equity markets have, have been, you know, relatively positive. So for a balanced investor's perspective, it's actually been a pretty good pretty good month so far. So, uh, you know, a positive outcome for investors. Matthew, I'm actually off on the road next week, so I'm going to be uh, in New York and interviewing um, some of my colleagues in New York. So it'll be a bit of a different take 10 next week, So, and I believe you're off on holidays. So hopefully you have a great time and look forward to chaining in a couple of weeks. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us and taking 10.